the History Channel original podcast. Sports History This Week, December 9th, 1953. I'm Kalen Jones. In downtown Toronto, there's a six-story arena called the Maple Leaf Gardens. The yellow brick structure has become known to some as a cathedral to hockey. Inside, under the massive arch ceiling, the only two Canadian squads in the National Hockey League are about to square off. The Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The puck drops to begin the sixth matchup of the season between the two teams. It doesn't take long to notice, there's some tension. Three minutes and 42 seconds pass before the Canadians are called for holding. Toronto scores. Soon, there's an interference call. Then a hooking penalty on each team. In short, they're getting physical. In the second period, there are four more penalties for hooking. A fight breaks out. And somehow, The worst is yet to come. If you're from Canada, you know all too well this is not surprising behavior from the Leafs and Canadians. Over the years, fandom for each team has come to mean something more. A statement of your identity with either Montreal, a French-speaking Catholic majority culturally rich city, or Toronto, an English-speaking Protestant majority industrial hub. By 1953, both teams have already proven themselves, lifting a combined 15 Stanley Cup trophies. They spent the past decade going back and forth winning championships. While they both have a shot at the title this year, this particular matchup isn't going to make or break either team's chances. And yet, this unassuming midseason game takes on a life of its own. As the third period gets underway, the players are getting even more physical. The ref blows his whistle for tripping, holding, misconduct, and a charging penalty. Toronto's Ron Stewart and Montreal's Bud McPherson begin trading blows. And at the 18-minute, 12-second mark, all hell breaks loose. They call it the War of 1812. Today, Canada's oldest teams face off in the roughest matchup ever between the NHL's most storied rivals. What led to the passionate, long-standing conflict between the cities and their sports teams? And more than 100 years later, is the oldest rivalry in hockey dead? The animosity between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens doesn't actually begin on the ice. It starts with the cities themselves, and the roots of their rivalry go back hundreds of years. September 13, 1759. 
thousands of British troops march towards the walls of Quebec City. A three-month siege has been building up to this moment. A young general named James Wolfe is finally making his move. The Brits have been on a run lately, capturing stronghold after stronghold. But the white whale remains in French hands, Quebec City. The two European nations are stuck in a years-long war, later known as the Seven Years' War, over land and power. While the Brits control land in the modern-day U.S., they want more, now pressing to take over land controlled by the French. As the British advance, the French have a choice, wait for a strategic advantage or make their move now. Their general chooses the latter, immediately moving towards the enemy. British muskets find their targets easily. The French flee in confusion. In the next two weeks, Montreal falls to the British. Soon, France loses all of Quebec. In 1763, France gives all of Canada to Great Britain. It's a bizarre turn of events for the sizable French-speaking Catholic population left behind, now under English Protestant leaders. Darcy Jenish is author of the book, The Montreal Canadians, 100 Years of Glory. This has always been kind of a shadow over Quebec and the Quebecois people. They were a conquered people. They were always dominated by the English. That is the starting point. Moving into the 1800s, Montreal becomes a metropolis for French-speaking Quebecers. It's the largest city in Canada, a hub for finance and manufacturing. And yet, French Canadians seem to not have any control over it. The business sector, the, the money is all English, and we're kind of just the hourly workers who are being paid a wage, doing the grunt work. And this was always a grievance with them, that they were sort of felt like second-class citizens in what was their land. So they've always had this psychology of being a defeated people and being vastly outnumbered by English speakers. And so their story is really one of survival. Meanwhile, another metropolis is gaining a foothold to the West, Toronto. Unlike Montreal, the city is dominated by English speakers. A famine in Ireland brought tens of thousands of new immigrants to Toronto, and Irish Protestants built a power base that soon dominated city politics. Toronto evolves into a more conservative city than Montreal, which is seen as a liberal bastion of culture, and Toronto, one of industry. Dominated by Protestantism, Toronto represents the forces that are seen as oppressing the Catholics in Montreal. French-Canadian animosity or whatever, their sense of grievance would be focused on Toronto. There was plenty of animosity the other direction, too. There was a lot of sort of low gray bigotry and prejudice towards French Canadians. They were sometimes referred to as pea supers or frogs. So the two largest cities in Canada become symbolic rivals for all these differences. Cultural, language, class, identity. In the late 1800s, Montreal and Toronto start hashing out their differences in a new arena. Hockey. Here's Lance Hornby, author of the book Toronto and the Maple Leafs, a city and its team. The first recorded hockey game was in Montreal, I believe, around 1875. And for Toronto? Strong British heritage here in Toronto of playing on frozen ponds with sticks, going back to uh, the old country. 
Maple Leafs history can be traced back to the Toronto Blue Shirts, founded in 1911 by Eddie Livingstone. They go on to be known as the Toronto St. Patrick's in order to appeal to the city's Irish population. The Montreal team is founded in 1909. They were founded as a team to represent Montreal because back in the early days, this was even pre-NHL, most of the people in hockey were Anglo or English. French Canadians were kind of left out of the mix in the formative years of hockey. The club is built to be exclusively for players who speak French, with the goal of attracting other French-speaking Quebecers to an otherwise Anglophone-dominated game. It's how they got the nickname Habs, short for habitants, meaning French settler. Today, most people just call them the Habs. When the National Hockey League, or NHL, forms in 1917, the Toronto squad, wearing blue and white, and the Montreal team, in bleu, blanc, and rouge, almost immediately become bitter rivals. There was a sense that you had this team in Montreal dominated by French-Canadian Catholics playing a Toronto team dominated by English-speaking Protestants. And so there was that sort of antagonism which would be bubbling below the surface. So then there was these only sort of underlying antagonisms that would inflame the rivalry. Dr. Glenn Dewar. Ontario and Quebec have to compromise and come together. And yet, when it comes to the hockey rivalry, there's no compromise. November 2nd, 1944. The Toronto Maple Leafs are facing off against the Montreal Canadiens, or Habs, for the first time this season. Last year, the two squads competed against one another in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Canadiens would go on to win the series 4-1 before going on to win the championship. Today, the Canadiens arena, the Montreal Forum, is at capacity with more than 12,000 people filling the stands. Fans are ready to see the rival cities go at it once again. It's a defensive game. There's a goal and a few penalties in each of the first two periods. The Leafs and Canadians are tied up heading into the third. At 3 minutes and 27 seconds, the Leafs make a beautiful passing play. And they score. That's all it takes for Montreal's Leo Lamoureux to drop his gloves and start fighting a Toronto player. While both sides are penalized, Lamoureux gets an additional 10 minutes in the box. An angry fan yells at referee King Clancy to just go ahead and put on a Leafs jersey. Another throws a soda bottle at him. A few minutes later, a tussle between players breaks out. Some begin jousting one another with hockey sticks. Here's author Lance Hornby. It was always a, a very rough era, you know, and we're in, you know, no helmets, a lot of injuries, and people, the same as in other sports, they played through broken bones and the goalies didn't have masks. There are so many penalties called. One newspaper writes teammates are having to sit on each other's knees in the penalty box because of the number of players in there. He said it was a case of hug and sock and whose teeth are these. This fight in 1944 marks the point where things in this rivalry really start to change. The economic strain of the Great Depression and World War II forces the NHL to shrink its number of teams, leaving Canada with just these two. And the growth of radio allowed all of Canada to tune in and pick a side. This magical medium of radio 
beams across Canada to uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, to Saskatchewan, to Alberta, to Vancouver. Off the ice, the two cities are evolving fast. Toronto sees a huge amount of population and economic growth, outpacing Montreal. French Canadians are also concerned with their representation in government, issues like whether the prime minister can speak French. But the city is also cementing its reputation as a cultural hub. Montreal was a kind of racy place where there was, you know, the booze was flowing easily and freely. There were a lot of jazz clubs and stuff. And in the arena... Their crowds are certainly more liable. That versus Toronto. Kind of buttoned down, more conservative, quiet. The fans have always uh, sort of been that way. And their teams reflected it as well. The uh, Leafs are always a more of a stodgy, sort of hardworking, disciplined, hard-hitting, and would win on things other than just pure passion, pure finesse. Just solid blue-collar defensive hockey. If they lost, they would still beat the snot out of the other team. The hockey world can't take its eyes off the rivalry. The two teams cannot stop winning. In 1944, the Canadians win the Stanley Cup. In 45, the Leafs win it, their first of the decade. In 1946, Canadians again. 47, the Leafs again. There's just a massive amount of success between the two teams. Since the start of the Second World War, the Leafs have won six cups to the Canadians two. But Montreal is determined to capture more silverware than its biggest rival. And heading into the 50s, a new chapter in this matchup is set to begin. It's December 9, 1953, inside the Maple Leaf Gardens. On the surface, there's nothing special about today's matchup between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens. But, as the Ottawa Citizen writes, these two are the, quote, feudingest clubs in the business. Here's Darcy Jenish, imagining the intensity from a player's perspective. We hate these guys so much we just want to kill them. The Canadians are arguably at the height of their power, playing high-scoring firewagon hockey, as it's called, with speed, power, and finesse. The Leaf squad, on the other hand, is starting to get older, with star center Ted Kennedy at the back end of his career. Inside the legendary Maple Leaf Gardens, the stadium roars as veteran George Armstrong overpowers goaltender Jerry McNeil and scores. Toronto leads 3-0 heading into the third period. But at 18-12 of the third period, all hell breaks loose. The Leafs' Ron Stewart and Montreal's Bud McPherson begin trading blows. So what had been, uh, you know, a typical rough-and-tumble uh, Montreal-Toronto game. There had been a couple of fights, but uh, one could start between uh, Bud McPherson and Ron Stewart of the Leafs, and apparently that had roots back in the second period. It got into a little stick swinging, and uh, McPherson breaks his uh, stick across the chest of Stewart, and that triggers uh, everything. A Canadian's defenseman tries to break it up when a Leaf player slugs it. Soon, all the players on the ice get into it as, quote, Sticks and gloves went flying. One Leaf tackles three Canadians. Anyone on the bench hops onto the ice and starts to go at it. Keep in mind, there's only one referee. It's like, if there's no clip of it, but how did, how did it just suddenly turn on? 
it's always there. I mean, hockey is a very emotional game. Sometimes if you sense that uh, teams uh, either showing you up or taking liberties or you have long-standing feuds, again, uh, who knows? The brawl continues for another 10 minutes before referee Frank Udvardi can break it up. When all is said and done, only three skaters between both teams are left on the ice. They are to count down the final 108 seconds of the game. The two teams combined to earn 41 penalties in more than 204 penalty minutes, both league records at the time. The next day, the Battle Creek Inquirer calls the melee a, quote, typical Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens roughhouse. Another paper writes, score incidental as Maple Leafs, Canadiens brawl. The Leafs won the game, if you can call it that. But what arguably becomes the final stand in this rivalry is yet to come. In 1967, the world's eyes are on Montreal. The Quebecois city is hosting the 1967 International and Universal Exposition, otherwise known as Expo 67. The entire country is focused on Montreal. Somebody on the Canadians team says, the Stanley Cup is gonna look really nice when we take it to the Quebec Pavilion at Expo 67. The Canadians have dominated the NHL since the infamous brawl with the Leafs, winning five championships in a row the ring in the 60s. They even beat the Leafs in Toronto to claim the fifth. Here's their star right winger, Maurice Rocket Richard, upon winning. It's always nice to win the Cup outside of Montreal, and the best place to win it is right here in Toronto. Because... As if the friction on the ice isn't enough, Many Quebec citizens are advancing a movement to seek independence from Canada. The hope is that sovereignty might allow citizens to better promote their own culture, language, and people. On May 2nd, 1967, at their home arena, the Toronto Maple Leafs faced the Montreal Canadiens for Game 6 of what's been another back-and-forth championship series. It marks the fourth time that Toronto and Montreal have squared off in the Stanley Cup Final. Tension riding high as we get set to start the first period of this, the sixth game of the Stanley Cup Finals. Lucky for Montreal, they are heavily favored to win. They've won the past two Stanley Cups, and now they're going up against what one journalist called a, quote, geriatric final round opponent in the Leafs. The average age of their team, 31. Frank Condren, a lifelong Toronto fan. They were called the the over-the-hill gang because they were a lot of old players. Lifelong Montreal fan Jeff Horde says the matchup is a lot. Very clearly, that would be the peak. I can't imagine what those arenas, the uh, the Toronto Garden and the Montreal Forum, just must have been raucous during those days. The Canadians are led by Quebecer center Jean Beliveau, a master of scoring and widely considered one of the greatest NHL players ever. And the Leafs have center Dave Keon, a short speedster who could do it all, kill power plays, make a perfect pass, or win that critical faceoff. The helmetless players square up to begin yet another round in their historic rivalry. Toronto Maple Leafs leading in the series, three games to two. The first period begins quietly. The Habs and Leafs trade possessions each shoot off a few unlikely shot attempts. Then, Leaf star Dave Keon steals the puck away 
He winds up his stick high behind him and smacks it towards the goal. It's saved. His teammate shoots. Blocked again. The beginning of this match is one defensive stand after another. In the second period, the Canadians go for a long shot goal attempt, but it's knocked away. The puck moves fast in the other direction. Red Kelly, an Ontario native, catches up with it. A Canadian's defender closes in. Kelly weaves a pass to Ron Ellis, a fellow Torontonian. Kelly Nearing the end of the second period, Toronto scores again. It's 2-1. If Montreal comes back, they can force a Game 7 and maybe even win the whole series. Canadians winger Dick Duff glides down the ice. The former Toronto Maple Leaf is anchoring the left side for the Canadians now. He leans over, cutting a corner around Leafs defenseman Tim Horton and shoots as he falls forward. There's one minute left in the third period. It's 2-1, to one, so the Canadians have to score to at least tie the game. Otherwise, the Leafs will win the championship. A player from each side lines up for a face-off in Leafs territory. The, puck is the Leafs get possession of the puck. Toronto's George Armstrong has control, and he takes a long shot to the defenseless Canadian's goal. Three to one Leafs. Moments later, the Leafs huddle up in celebration of their 13th Stanley Cup, their second title victory over the Canadians. The Habs coach calls it, quote, the toughest series I ever lost. Montreal expected to win so much, it had prepared a space for the cup to be displayed within Expo 67. Predictably, the Leafs opted to bring it home to Ontario instead. Little did the two teams know their rivalry would never be the same. It's May 31st, 2021. The Leafs and the Canadians are tied in a 3-3 series in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The last time these two teams have met in the playoffs is 1979. It's taken 42 years for the forever rivals to renew playoff hostilities. And all it took was a global pandemic and an all-Canadian division. After 1967, the NHL took a major turn that forces the rivalry off its tracks. The league doubles its number of teams, meaning fewer Habs-Leafs matchups. The fan intensity dissipates with additional Canada-based squads added into the mix. But even if the rivalry isn't the same, the Canadians find a way to keep winning, collecting six more Stanley Cups. The constant in Montreal was the hockey team, right? In spite of the political climate in Montreal that was forcing all these demographic and economic changes that were net negatives for the city of Montreal, they still had the best hockey team. The sovereignty movement leads to two referendums, both of which result in Quebec remaining a part of Canada. Meanwhile, Toronto continues its dominance as Canada's largest city and largest economy. Immigration is opened up to make it a more multicultural city, too. 
The hockey, though, just isn't as successful. In fact, the Maple Leafs haven't won another Stanley Cup since that fateful day in 1967. The Leafs went into a prolonged kind of tailspin after that. Their team started to go downhill. The rivalry becomes even more diffuse in the 80s when the NHL puts them in different conferences, meaning their only shot at matching up would be in the championship, which doesn't happen. The Leafs never won a cup when there was more than six teams in the league. Maybe 2021 is their shot. Many say they have a much better team than the Canadians. Jeff Horde, a Habs fan, explains. We were the worst team in the playoffs. So they got to play us in the first round because they were the best team, we were the worst team, and they went up three games to one. But then the Canadians roared back to win it all. Shock and awe in Toronto. The Montreal Canadiens are on to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And of course, Montreal came back and won the series, as we do, much to this dismay of every Leafs fan I know. <laughs> For me, it still was one of the greatest series I ever watched. If you're wondering whether the rivalry lives on today, there's your answer. Admittedly, though, fans agree the intensity has waned. Darcy Jenish. It's become an event as opposed to a rivalry, but it's still there. It's still in people's minds that these were, you know, these were original six teams. So it's still there as part of the collective memory. That's thanks to books like The Hockey Sweater by Rock Carrier, immortalizing the battle between two teams and their cities. Jeff Horde remembers growing up with it. It's about uh, a French-Canadian kid who is playing hockey on the pond with all of his friends, and and they all have Montreal Canadiens jerseys. And this kid's mom accidentally orders him a Maple Leafs jersey. It was one of the greatest disappointments in my life. I had always worn the red, white, and blue sweater of the Montreal Canadiens, And besides, the Toronto team was always being beaten by the Canadian. With tears in my eyes, I summoned up the strength to say, I never wear that uniform. That's a very popular childhood book that every Canadian reads. That's incredible. So it literally is ingrained in you guys as children. Do you feel like there was ever like one specific team that kind of won the rivalry? Montreal won the rivalry. There's there's no doubt. Now, in 2022, the Habs have 24 cups to the Leafs' 13. If you want raw results, Montreal had a better team for longer stretches than Toronto ever did. If you want to, you know, get down to raw numbers. But we run the rivalry in every other aspect. Between the two cities. Although Montreal would argue that they're still cooler than Toronto is. Jeff Horde says maybe the Leafs will surprise everyone and break their drought soon. The Leafs have a really good team right now. They can start winning again. But until they do, until they do, they have not. See, that's the thing. That's the petty part of it. You got to hang on to it. I know. I got to just slip that in there. I got just got to slip it in. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to Sports History This Week. For moments throughout history that are also worth watching, check your local TV listings to find out what's on the History Channel today. Other notable sports stories that happened this week? 1934, the National League votes to allow baseball games to be scheduled at night. And 1988, the Milwaukee Bucks win their 1,000th game. They're the second fastest NBA franchise to reach that mark. If you want to get in touch, feel free to email us at sportspod at history.com or leave us a voicemail at 212-351-0410. We'd love to hear from our fans and non-fans too. Special thanks to our guests, Lance Hornby, author of Toronto and the Maple Leafs, A City and Its Team, Darcy Janish, author of the Montreal Canadiens, 100 Years of Glory, Frank Condren, a lifelong Leafs fan, Jeff Horde, a lifelong Habs fan, and Dr. Glenn Dewart, professor of international studies at Cedarville University. This episode was produced by Cooper McKim, story edited by me, Kalen Jones, and sound designed by Bill Moss. Sports History This Week is also produced by David Ingber. Our associate producers are Emma Fredericks and Hazel May. Our senior producer is Ben Dixie. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn, and our executive producer is Jesse Katz. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Sports History This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.